0: Welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be learning Toldois Rishon, the first Aliyah in Pasha's Toldos. Our Pasha as a whole is to, uh, 106 Psukim, and our Aliyah in particular is 21 Psukim, running from Perak Par Parsuk Yutes to Perak. So let's take a look at the basic contents of our aliyah. There's a lot in this aliyah and then some points to ponder. So here we have it. The beginning of the Pasha tells us these are the told these are the generations of Yisraq, the son of Avraham. And the Torah emphasizes that Avraham was the one who gave birth to Yisraq, emphasizing the connection directly to his father amongst his other children. Yisraq is 40 years old when he marries Yerivka, who we hear the attribution. She's the daughter of Israel, the sister of Lavan. And they, they pray for a child because she is not able to have children um, and this in fact takes a long time because you're about to see that that um, he is only he's going to be 60 years old when they actually have children so it's 20 years of marriage before children and um, they, they pray and Hashem they both pray Hashem listens to him and uh, and she she becomes pregnant however she has some sort of this there's something going on in this pregnancy the children are, are quite violent it sounds like there's a lot of action going on In utero she goes, she says, Why is this me? She goes, she consults with Hashem, an oracle of Hashem, the Medrash understands this refers to shame, and she goes and asks, and he tells her that in fact, There's going to be two nations coming out of you, they're going to separate, and they're going to be um, uh, counter-dependent on each other. So when one is successful, the other one is not successful, and vice versa. Um, so as she gives birth, she has, she has these twins, and the first one comes out, is completely covered in hair, very fully developed, and she call, he, and they call his name Esav. And then comes out his brother who's holding onto the heel, and they call his name, called his name um, Yaakov. So we hear the children grow up, and they, they, they come to very different professions. Yesak like is the Ish Sadeh, man of the field, and Yaakov is a, is a naïve, not naïve, but innocent, pure individual. He's not, not, not wise in the ways of the, the street, he's wise in the ways of theory and ideas. And Yisak loves um, Esav because it's uh, Befiv, whatever that means, whether it means he provides him with hunting or that he hunts him through his mouth. But Rivka loves Yaakov. doesn't seem to be. There's a reason for it. Then we hear about an episode where Yaakov is cooking this lentils soup and uh, Esav comes from the field. He's very tired and he says to ya- Yaakov, pour in this, this red, red stuff because I'm very Tired, and we know that that's why his name becomes called Edom, which means red. So Yaakov says on condition that you give me the b'chora, which is the firstborn right. Esau says, "Look, I'm about. I really need to eat now. I'm about to die. So just give me this, uh, this, the, this lentil soup." And he sells off his b'chora at this point in time, and uh, and he thereby essentially you know, writes of his future for this very small meal. And then we hear at the very end of the Aliyah, an episode where there's another famine in the land, and Yitzhak is going to go down, and Hashem tells him to stay in the land of the Plishtim, which is towards the area of Gaza today, stay in this land and I'll bless you, because I will give you all the nations which I swore to Avram. Hashem says to, to, to Yitzhak because your, your father listened to my voice, he abided by my commandments. So obviously, there's a lot to talk about in this aliyah. We'll try to touch on some of the most basic points, but there's so much more to talk about. First point, basic point is, is, why did Hashem, if you look at the psukim, it sounds like he listens to Yitzchak's prayers more than that of Rivka. They both are praying because they are childless, But it says, Hashem responded to him. Why is this? Rashi tells us, um, a, hard, a hard idea to understand, quoting the Gemara in that Ein t'vila, t'vila tzadik ben tzadik, t'vila tzadik ben That the prayer of, its, of a righteous person, the son of a righteous person, has further access than that of the, the prayer of a tzaddik, who is the, uh, the child of a Roshah, like Rea Mrifka. Rivka. Which is hard to understand, so what does that mean? The Torah to me actually quotes an interesting dispute in the, in the Shulcharach and Orachai which is to be had between the Taz and the Maharshal as to whether or not a person should go to a great tzaddik to pray on their behalf or whether the prayers for oneself in one's raw emotion is more moving and more impactful than than that as well. And this depends on this, uh, this idea over here. Is it that a person is able to pray better for themselves or is it that one can use the access of somebody who is a closer, a longer relationship with Rebond and A very interesting discussion and it's a much broader discussion. We see in the Gomorrah discussions between Rabbi Lezer and Rabbi Yikiva when they dive in forend, Rabbi Yikiva was answered first. And there's a lot of very interesting topics to talk about when it comes to this. The Torah points out that it's actually not this is not the case. It's the rule that ain chavush matir Sorry, a person who's entrapped cannot release themselves. That means to say that Rivka was the one who's entrapped in this case. The Torah TL tells us Akarahi. It was her. The biological issue was on her side, but she was not able to fully extract herself from it except for something from the outside. So many times in life. It really helps. We try to do everything we can for ourselves, but sometimes we just need somebody on the outside to help us out. And that was Yes, like helping Rivka out. So far, be it from the lack of a prayer of the, of the power of a prayer, but it's rather the need of somebody on the outside. Now, the other question we could ask is, what was this crisis, this existential crisis, where Rivka says, "Lama ze Why me?" So Radak says she, when her pregnancy started giving her difficulty, she started asking her friends, and she says, "Is this a normal experience during pregnancy?" And they all said, "No, this doesn't sound right." And at which point she says, "Lama ze Why am I different? Why is this pregnancy different?" The Sephora says, no, she was concerned that something's really going wrong and she's concerned that, God forbid, there would be a miscarriage of sorts. And if that's the case, she says, well, then why was it that my brother and my mother gave me the blessing of children? You're going to be the mother of myriads. Why is it that was praying for me for these 19 years when in the end of the day, it doesn't seem to be working? That's what she's asking. The Ramban says it's actually a darker question. And that is, is she's saying, Why am I here? What's my purpose over here? If you can imagine it from her perspective, you know, she asks herself, she looks, at, she looks at the fact that her family doesn't seem to be quite the same spiritual caliber. She marries into this very high, high and holy spiritual family, and she uh, and she and she's trying everything she can to make it work. But it doesn't seem, she seems perhaps to uh, re- realize that her role over here is, is continuing the legacy of this family, and even that's not working out. She says, uh, why am I in this world? What, what, for what purpose am I joined this family? We'll see in a few moments what it is, really specifically her purpose, which is a very unique and precise purpose. But one can imagine from her perspective the existential crisis that she's going through. Now, let's consider the names Yaakov and Asaf. You'll notice something interesting, and that is that Asaf is clearly a, 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 a agreement that both the parents, Vayikru'u, they both call him this name Asaf because he is fully made. And therefore, they describe him as a fully made child. Now, the word for made, something which is completed, is actually the word Asui. So it's interesting that that asav is missing that one letter. He shouldn't be asav. he should be Asui, which is a yud at the end, to imply that he was fully, fully formed. What is interesting is is that Yaakov is actually named after um, Ekev, which is the heel. But he has an extra yud, which is Yaakov, he's not called Akev. It's almost as if the Yud from the end of the implied name of Esav went to the name Yaakov, almost pushing Esav into a matter of the past. As Esav he was, but Yaakov is he will be. Pushing Yaakov's name into a future-facing word is what is he going to follow? What is he going to capture? What is he going to channel of the forces of Esav in this world? very, very interesting perspective. Another question is, what is this whole episode here with the Bechorah, the meaning of this Bechorah that he's selling and, and, and negotiating about? So the Rashban points out that here we hear a story about a person who is so following his indulgences, so um, taken by the experience of this world, that he, he doesn't even, you can just hear it in his language. He's, he, he rushes to ask from his friend, and that's why he keeps repeating us all. He says, "Take give me from this Adom Adom, this red stuff. In fact, the the Svarna points out that when a person becomes too involved in this world, they lose sense of subtlety and detail, which is why he doesn't even know the name of the dish. He can't say it's lentils. And he doesn't even give a, a, descri- a description of the de- the parts, or the subtlety, or the, the smell. All he describes is as red stuff. When you lose a sense of detail, you lose sense of subtlety. You lose sense of subtlety in the material world and certainly in the spiritual world. Here we have a terrible little story about a person who's here and now is so frontal, it's so... Um, encompassing that they have no way to even think about their Bukhara, what's going to be at the end of the day, their responsibilities towards that, or their spiritual world at all. This is the sad story of those who get too caught up in this world. Now, it seems that Esau and Yaakov become very different people. And what is the what is the failing? Is there a failing? that, that, that is there something that the parents could have done? Says Rav Hirsch, yes. In fact, part of the failing over here was the fact that it says in Aralia, the children grew up Together and Rav Hirsch points out is that there's a a, a rule that we learn from, in um, in Mishlei which is Chanoch leDar al is that you need to educate every child according to their way according to their needs. If you put an Esav and a Yaakov on the same school bench, it's going to be a problem. Yaakov needs more spiritual attention. Esav needs more attention in terms of directing and channeling his energies. If you put them on the same school bench, that's the original failing, and the failing started at the very beginning. That's what Rav Hirsch argues. Finding one last question in Aralia, and that is Aziz seems like he's on the way down to Mitzrayim, but he doesn't go down to Mitzrayim. Why does he not go down to Mitzrayim? So it's interesting that you'll see in our parsha that Yitzhak does almost every single thing that his father does. Almost every episode of his life is the same as his father. In fact, there's not even a parsha dedicated to Yitzhak. We hear about all these parshiyos Lech Lecha, and and are Really, Avram centric parshas. He's the main protagonist. Then we're about to hear and told us and onwards. Israeli really Yaakov and Esau, and then Yaakov and his children. Where's the Yitzhak Parsha? Even told us doesn't have so much of Yitzhak, and even even the wells he digs, are his father's w- wells. It's almost as if as if the middle of Yitzhak, which is Gavuro is maintaining the spiritual high that his father was able to get to that pinnacle. Because if you were to move, he'd be moving away from the pinnacle of growth. That. Yitzhak uh, that Avraham Avinu had achieved that's the middle of Gura but that does not mean doing everything exactly the same says Rav Herschel Shekht in his introduction to because sometimes Yitzhak is different and he requires a different application of the same idea and that is because Yitzhak is an Ola mimah he was really a sacrifice which went up on the mountain he himself requires that he cannot leave the land of Israel so the same principles of Avram Avinu's life are true in Yitzhak's life but the application of them are going to be unique in the way that he doesn't go down to Mitzrayim, he has to stay in Gerar, in the Philistine territory, which is still part of the land of Canaan. Very important to understand how we continue the legacy of our parents, the tradition of old, in the complex reality of the new. And that's the lesson of Yisak. With us, we close the first Aliyah. In the meantime, have a wonderful and meaningful day.